0: Hey everyone, I'm John Offord, I'm a broadcaster based in the UK, and welcome to Different Minds, a podcast series that looks at neurodiversity, the different ways our brains can work and interpret information. Today we're going to talk about EMDR therapy. I'm delighted to be joined by Tim Mayer, psychotherapist at the Lukin Center from the New York area. Tim focuses on trauma, depression, anxiety, and family therapy. Tim, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much, John.
0: No, really. So Tim, how how are you today? I I'm I'm doing well. Uh how are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. Glad glad it's nearly the end of the week. It's been it's been a busy one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Tim, so how have you been coping in in, in lockdown? How is it over there in around New York?
1: Um so uh I've been getting along just fine. Um a lot of my work has transitioned to um t- uh, teletherapy. So I've been doing a decent amount of therapy over uh, webcam, which is a little bit different, and quite frankly, I was a little bit um, hesitant about it in the beginning. But actually, it's it's been going great, um, and uh, to my surprise, a, a lot of really good work has been able to happen, you know, o- o- over a webcam. So um, I'm I'm sort of uh, pleasantly surprised about how, you know, we've been able to adapt to all of the changes with COVID and all of that sort of stuff, and and really resume the good work that I'm doing with folks over over webcam so so it's been great
0: brilliant that's, that's good to hear so Tim tell us what is EMDR so what does it stand for and why do we use it
1: so EMDR it stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing it's a pretty long name I think that's why they abbreviate it so <laughs> so much um, and it's, its primary use is for uh, working on trauma and painful life events um, so uh, more often than not, if someone is dealing with PTSD or um, other other traumas, I guess I could say um, EMDR is a treatment that is very very useful for it.
0: So, can you just talk us through what actually happens in an EMDR session? Then,
1: sure. So, um, EMDR, um, it's a um, there there are different ph- phases in EMDR, so it, it's 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 a model. Um, so so it's an eight-phase model. Um, the beginning phases are sort of about um, establishing a good rapport, getting to know each other, getting to know all about the, the problems and the issues and the difficulties, taking sort of a history maybe of some uh, painful life events from the past. Um, and then sort of once those beginning phases are done, really the, the chunk of EMDR, which most people um, think about when they think about EMDR, is the actual processing of the trauma. So um, a typical EMDR session, after you go through the first sort of beginning phases, uh, it involves um, recalling a painful past event from the past. And while we are recalling that painful life event from the past, we use eye movements um, while we're processing that. So what typically happens is I ask someone to Recall a painful life event. We usually start with an image, um, a thought, and a feeling about that painful life event. And I ask them to hold that there in their attention while they follow my fingers with their eyes. Um, So I ask them to bring it up. And then we do eye movements for about, I don't know, maybe 20 to 25 seconds. Uh, We pause. I say what, what came up. And they inform me of sort of where their mind went to. And more often than not, I say go with that, and then we resume eye movements. So a, a typical EMDR session is is a lot of that. It's it's mostly um it isn't a lot of me talking, it isn't a lot of the client talking, it's a lot of that eye movement and processing through memories.
0: So during the actual eye movement, the person is not actually speaking, is is that correct?
1: Yes, that's that's correct. Um It's 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 allowing the um, client's mind to to go to wherever it needs to go. So sort of the 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 rule about not a rule, but the expectation in EMDR is almost that the, the mind knows where it needs to go in order to heal. And it is more of our job to let the mind go where it needs to go rather than me taking direction with it
0: so is it actually linked to REM sleep then is um is that the theory behind EMDR
1: so that's that's one theory um so um i can and i can explain that theory a bit um while we dream we're processing the things that happen to us throughout the day um and dreams happen during REM sleep and during REM sleep our eyes are moving back and forth um a lot so um sort of the the way that i conceptualize it anyways is you know if i'm if someone is trying to re repro- trying to process something in a dream uh let's say it's particularly difficult and painful well typically that dream would probably be something like a nightmare and we would oftentimes wake up during that and so our brain doesn't get really get a chance to process that um event while we're sleeping and so um one of the theories behind emdr is that we're able to let our brain and our mind do what it normally does during REM sleep, but in a controlled and safe manner, uh, kind of working on it bit by bit at a time.
0: So basically EMDR techniques can elicit REM-like state in an in- individual.
1: That's, that's the idea behind it. So um, with uh, traumatic memories, they, they, they don't get stored or processed the same way that regular memories do. Um, they they kind of get uh, locked in um, a, a different part of our brain, um, uh, a, a, ver- a, a more nonverbal part of our brain where we can't really, um, well, they just don't get processed the same way as regular memories. I'll just put it that way to keep it simple. And so the idea is while we're doing the eye movements and while we're going through the memory, while we're going through all the things about the memory, we're sort of slowly processing and, and almost digesting that memory as we would any sort of regular memory that doesn't have that sort of pain and difficulty attached to it.
0: So is it is it actually that you're going back to the difficult memory at the same time as being in the present, and and therefore that process itself creates a sense of safety where you can actually process those difficult emotions.
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, it's it, it's it's a little bit. Um, Challenging in the beginning because you have to be in two places at once. Um, your mind is in the past, um, with the memory in the past and, but, but you are here in the present as well, um, y- using eye movements, going back and forth, following whatever thing it is that you're following back and forth. And so, um, by doing it in that way, it's a, it's a safe and controlled way to take that memory and sort of, uh, I like to call it digesting it, uh, processing it, working through it. In, in a safe and controlled way that actually gets to a point where it's digested, processed, etc.
0: Are there any risks associated with EMDR therapy?
1: Um, not not very many. Um, in In the beginning phases, like uh, like I briefly mentioned before, um, it's important to assess for what we call um, um, dissociation, um, because uh, dissociation. Um, it's a little bit hard to explain, and I won't go into too much detail, but it's sort of uh, when um, our mind kind of leaves us, uh, I'll put it that way in a nutshell. And so um, there is a little bit of a risk of uh, dissociation. So in the beginning, we have to um, assess for that with a pretty simple questionnaire. And if someone is very prone to dissociation, then we just have to put a few measures in place just to make sure that we're able to get kind of back in um if we start to drift um other than that that, that that's really the, the biggest risk um other than that i guess i could say risks are um it is um it, it it can be difficult and challenging work and so again before we start we need to make sure that we have the tools in place to take care of ourselves while we are you know really bringing up some of the difficult stuff
0: so some skeptics might say that EMDR causes false memories or is, you know, it's almost like brainwashing where you're creating a different version of what actually happens. I mean, what would you say about that?
1: So um, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't say that it's brainwashing or, or, or creating false memories, but I like to think of it in this way. Um, our, our memories are stored in one way. Um through a specific lens or specific narrative. And really with EMDR, what we're doing is we're changing the narrative. Um, I like to think of it as uh, the book is sort of written in one way, uh, the the way that we experienced it at the time. And it's sort of the the book is written and closed and locked away in that way. But what EMDR allows us to do, it allows us to kind of take that book and we don't change the events that happened in the book, but we, we definitely change the narrative of it. So no longer is it a narrative where we're feeling uh, guilty or um, scared or, or 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 what have you with the narrative, but it's a narrative that then gets changed to well, just a different and more positive, healthy, productive narrative.
0: How how effective is EMDR?
1: EMDR, um, so there, so so it is a it is an evidence-based uh, psychotherapy. Um, There have been lots of studies done with it um, within the the past uh, 20 or so years. Um, Lots of studies show that it is just as effective or more effective than um, the other common evidence-based practices that a lot of psychotherapists use.
0: Would you not say um, traditional prolonged exposure therapy is not more effective? uh, Because obviously it's talking about an issue is, is, is part of the healing process anyway, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so um I so 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 there there is definitely merit to the other uh trauma informed approaches to to psychotherapy. Um EMDR is a little bit different because it's it's not merely talking about it. It's the best way that I can describe it from from my perspective anyways is I I I describe it as as much more real. Um and much more much more yeah, the only way that could, I could describe it is it, it, it's much more real and and I would call it more powerful.
0: Interesting. I just um, wonder if you could just talk us through again what actually happens to the body in an in EMDR therapy where, it, you know, are there any disturbances in your body? How do you bring all the thoughts, memories, feelings together when someone is bringing up a, a painful life event in, in, in a session?
1: Right. So typically the way that I start is I start with an image. Um I start with an image of kind of like the the worst part of of the event. Um, I start with that image. I start with a bodily sensation that comes up in in the here and now, along with that image, and I also start with a negative belief that feels pretty true to the person. Oh, that goes along with that image, and and we sort of start there. And and what I say is that I I I say go with it. So we start with those three things: the image, the feeling, and the thought, and The mind goes and it is not up to us where we go. There's no right. There's no wrong. There's no supposed tos. Um, Again, with the idea being that our mind goes to where it needs to go. Um, And then we do eye movements for about, I don't know, 20 to 30 seconds. And then I say, what came up? And then the person merely reports where their mind went to. So they might say, oh, um, this feeling got a little stronger. Oh, I started remembering this. Oh, I thought about that. And more often than not, I say, go with that. And we go with it, and that is how we sort of work through and process um, that memory. Again, it's bit by bit, chunk by chunk, um, in a pretty organized manner, um, with the idea that when we uh, go back to the original image and the original thought and feeling, um, more often than not, the the feeling... um, it goes down and, and we measure that by numbers. So let's say if we bring up a, an image and the feeling is anxiety in my chest at a level six, the idea is to get it down to a zero or a one.
0: Is EMDR, is it, is it a long-term treatment or, or a short-term thing? Um,
1: it is more short-term um because the idea is what we do is is we we create a list of the painful life events and we go through them one by one now certain events they they take a little bit longer to process because there's more to them um but with the idea being once we uh process and um digest those painful life events then that trauma is sort of no longer locked back there um and and it's um sort of sort of smoothed over um so it's definitely more of a short term than a long term psychotherapy.
0: And I wondered if you could just tell me what EMDR actually does to the brain.
1: So the best way that I can describe it is our goal is to is to sort of um well we access the stored material that, that's in our brain, we sort we activate it through um the EMDR. And we're looking to to move it. So the idea is we want to move it from um, our our amygdala, uh, which is where painful life events are sort of stored. Um, and we want to move it to the prefrontal cortex. Um, so let's say if you're listening to this podcast and you um, digest it and you understand it, then it would be um, it, it, it it would be a, a life event that is processed through your frontal cortex. Um, which is great because then you can digest it and it's digested and it's now a part of you. however, when things are locked in our uh amygdala, which is really our like emotion center um it's not so processed um and it's kind of locked in that in that feeling part of the brain where uh there's lots of like nonverbal uh sort of feeling uh, <laughs> experiences and and i I guess that would be the best way that I can describe sort of what we're doing moving the memory from one part of the brain to another part.
0: So you you touched on this before, but how do you determine who might benefit from EMDR then? So what what is um what equates to a painful life event? What what is um trauma what is trauma? How do you judge who might benefit from it? And and you know, can anyone listening to this that perhaps thinks they have a you know they've had a painful life event would would you just would you practice emdr on, on anyone or obviously you talked about the risks associated with it earlier i just wondered how that all works in deciding whether that's a relevant therapy to use on a particular client or not
1: yeah so um emdr it, it it was designed and meant for processing trauma and painful life events however um it's not only used for that we can use uh, EMDR for present day things and, and difficulties and also future fears and difficulties that are coming up. So for example, we might be able to process a, an upcoming life event, like maybe like going to college or or something difficult coming up. So we are able to use EMDR for the past, the present, and the future difficulties. Um, however, more often than not, it is um uh, used for painful life events from the past. And so what I would say about um who would benefit from EMDR, I would say um I would say um if, if 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 there's a painful life event from the past and and I I say painful life event rather than trauma because I think trauma has a certain um connotation to it. Um Whereas people might think that a painful life event isn't necessarily trauma. They might think that a trauma must be something severe or, or, uh, quote, unquote, big. However, um, things that aren't so quote, unquote, big can still be sort of locked away. Um, not processed, not processed through. Um, so oftentimes, um, I end up processing things with folks from the past that, wouldn't be necessarily in the quote unquote trauma uh, category, but 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 yet still a painful life event from the past. So I think that I think that's a very big distinction.
0: Could you have traditional prolonged prolonged kind of exposure therapy uh, as well as EMDR at the same time, or or not?
1: Um, in 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 theory, you could. Um, but with EMDR, you're you're really doing the exposure with the. While you're doing the eye movements, so um it it is a way of of getting the prolonged exposure while you're doing the eye movements. So um whereas uh, typical prolonged exposure, uh, a therapist might ask someone to sort of like like sit with the memory, sit with the feelings for an extended period of time. that is essentially what we're doing while we're going back in the memory and
0: reprocessing it. I just wondered Tim, do you know how long the EMDR has been about and how it how it came about in the first place?
1: EMDR it's been around since uh the the early nineties. I I think the the first book, um, by Francine Shapiro, uh was was published in nineteen ninety five. Um and so Francine Shapiro, she was the creator of this. Um the the story goes and I might not be saying the story perfectly, but um she goes she was going through a painful life event. I believe it was an issue with a a boyfriend. I think while she was in graduate school, um, studying and um, and well, you would have to look up the real story, but um, <laughs> but essentially she was she was walking somewhere and she was um, thinking about this pain, uh, this difficulty that she was going through. I believe it was with a relationship, and and she noticed that she was. Uh, averting her gaze back and forth across her vision and she noticed some sort of relief that came from that and she took that hunch that she that that she uh got and she and she did did a lot of work studying it and and that's how she started with her her framework of EMDR and so um uh, since uh Francine's work um a lot of folks have been trained in it and and studied it and have had and have adapted it and and that's really how we get our EMDR that that therapists can be trained in today.
0: I wondered if you could just talk. And again, I'm putting you on the spot here. But could you could you talk us through again? Summarize what the eight phases of EMDR are.
1: Sure. So um, I can go through them in, in order. Um, in in the beginning, it's uh, it, it's taking a history and and sort of coming up with it with a treatment plan. So. Um, Taking the history means getting to know the person, getting to know what their painful past events were, um, and creating a plan with the patient. Um, And then the the next phase is is preparation, which is a big phase. Um, Preparation is very important. Uh, That's really where I like to think of it as we sort of fill our toolbox with the tools that we need to take care of ourselves. Because while we're going through the EMDR processing, it might be rather difficult. And we want to have the tools in our toolbox to be able to handle those Things as they come up, um, and then we go through. Um, I'm, I'm going to kind of lump these next four uh, or, or five in, into one. But it, uh, assessment, processing, um, installation of a positive cognition, a body scan, and closure. So, with those five phases, um, I like to think of it as I, I, I lump them all into one phase, and and really that's when we are. Um, accessing memories, bringing them up, doing the eye movements, processing through them. Um, Once we get the feeling down to a zero or a one, then what I like to do is I like to uh, what's called install a a positive cognition or a positive thought um, that that goes along with that memory. So I often ask people, uh, what would you prefer to believe about yourself when you bring up this memory? And whatever that positive thought is, I like to quote-unquote, install that. And we also do that with eye, uh, eye movements and, and uh, EMDR as well. And the last phase is is always re-evaluation. So it's very important to check in after we get a memory down to a zero or a one sometimes. Um, I like to check in with it next session. So I'll bring the, the person back to the image, and I just check to see if, if the feeling is still a, a, a zero or a one.
0: I just wondered Tim um if you practice any other trauma therapies as well
1: yes so 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 i I also do um trauma focused cognitive behavioral therapy uh, so so tf cbt um, which is which is a little bit different it doesn't it doesn't do anything with eye movements um it it's really more uh, cbt with with it with a trauma informed approach to it um, I do do that sometimes um i guess the, de, depending on the person that i'm working with um however whenever it comes to painful life events or trauma um i i do emdr far more often than any other trauma-informed approach
0: and and sometimes people have said that um you know emdr is is very similar to, to tapping therapy i just wondered what your thoughts were on that
1: yeah so 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 tapping therapy um so to be honest, I, I'm not 100% well versed in it. I don't know too much about it, but um, it, it, if it, from what I know about it, it is different than EMDR. I, I, and if you look up tapping therapy, you will probably get a much better definition than what I can give you. But the way that the way that I've been taught what tapping therapy is, it's more of like. Um, I think of it more like acupuncture, sort of like tapping different parts on the body to access different types of um, feelings and, and and getting relief from that. So tapping therapy is, is definitely not the same as EMDR. Um, one thing that I will say, though, is that typically in EMDR, we use eye movements uh, to 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 move our eyes to move our eyes from one side to the other. Um, However, what we're really trying to do in EMDR is create bilateral stimulation. So um, bilateral stimulation can be eye movements, um, or it can be touch, It can, or or it can be sound. So sometimes if eye movements aren't working particularly well for, for the person I'm working with, um, I might have them tap their own knees, right, left, right, left, mm-hmm. or I might have them listen to music that oscillates between their ears, right, left, right, left. So really with EMDR what you're doing is is you're creating bilateral stimulation and that does not always have to be eye movements. So sometimes tapping is involved in EMDR but it is not the same as like is, as as tapping
0: therapy. Really interesting. Thank you, Tim. And I just wondered um as we as we head towards the end of the podcast now if you could just um, perhaps if anyone's listening to this that has gone through a painful life event and is interested to to find out more about emdr and 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 you know um, working out what the, the next step is i mean I wonder if you had any advice that you would give them
1: so I always recommend whenever i bring up to whenever I bring up emdR to anybody i i I encourage them to to research it to 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 learn more about it to 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 read about it to um kind of understand what it is um i think uh quite frankly podcasts can be very good for that. Um, and also, um, um, EMDRIA. E M D R I A. dot org. Um, that's the that's that's really the 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 go to website to to really learn um, lots about EMDR. So whenever I bring it up to a, a client, I I encourage them to to research it so they can learn more about it so that they can sort of understand what it is and understand how and why it can be really helpful for them.
0: And just one final question about you, really. I just wondered what your, you know, in terms of you obviously working in, in in psychology. What how is that something I presume you've always been interested in? Obviously, you you studied a master's degree at Columbia University. Um, you know, just tell us a bit about kind of your career path and 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 how you ended up to be, uh, you know, um, working now as a psychotherapist in the New York area.
1: Yeah. So, um, uh, early on in my Career, um, I would, I, I, I found that more often than not, folks were coming in because of some sort of trauma or some sort of painful life event. Uh, I really found that that was kind of the uh, at the core of many, many of my clients' um, difficulties. And so, uh, my goal is always to help people as best as I possibly can. So that's when I really started to learn more and research more about EMDR, and that really. Uh, kind of pushed me in this direction to become trained in it um, as a really effective way to deal with and process trauma. And sort of since then, um, since being trained in EMDR and working with it and and doing it, I've found a lot of really, really great success with it. Um, And so I really use it as my, really my, my primary way of working with folks. And it's been... It's been great for me, Um, I've I've had a lot of folks who who have achieved really, really great uh, work and really, really great progress with EMDR and um, really what it was is just me seeing a lot of trauma in my work and then that really informed me on how to, you know,
0: like what to get trained in, mostly EMDR. Well, Tim, thank. You. It's been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Really interesting stuff there, and um, you've obviously been able to explain it in a really accessible way. And and you know, it's uh, obviously a, a fascinating uh, subject. And uh, yeah, I appreciate your time today.
1: Absolutely, um, I I really appreciate the opportunity to to speak about it. Um, and I just encourage you know anyone if if this um, if this maybe has them thinking in a certain way, I really encourage them to. Um, you know, c- continued to, to, to do more research about EMDR because I was just really scratching the surface with it. Um, and um, I, I don't know, I guess I just have to say that, that really the, the benefits of doing this um, sort of like intense, rather difficult work, uh, it, I, I've seen firsthand that it could be super, super helpful.
0: Tim, thanks again. You, you take care. Thanks a lot, John. You too.